Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Lessons from the Office, the Olympic Village's favorite entertainment podcast. I don't know if that's true or not, but we are in Olympic season, so I wanted to toss that out there. I really like the Summer Olympics, and I'm super excited that they are going to be back this summer. Um, as always, my name is Randy, um, piloting this ship, or in this case, this boat. Um, and I am here with my co captaining, 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 and I'm here with Bruce as always. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk about the booze cruise. We are booze cruising it up today. That's why I mentioned captaining the ship because we're all getting on a ship in Lake Wallapompak. Is that what it's called? I think so. They said it a couple times, and I just I can't get my mouth to move in that. Yeah, same I way. think that, that's what I, she said. I, yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's what it's called. But yeah, we're talking about booze cruise today. Uh, it's a super exciting episode. It's a really funny episode. But Bruce, how are you doing? Anything new and exciting going on with you? Not a whole lot. Yeah, we've uh, we've just been doing some house projects and yard projects and trying to take advantage of the non-cold weather. Yeah. Of course, I say that and it's like 90 degrees out, so right. wouldn't mind if it dropped a few degrees, but yep. uh, but yeah, been doing a lot of yard work, mm-hmm. having some fun. Yeah, the, the 90 degree weather with like the 100 and 105, whatever it is, heat index, that's that's a little too much for me. That's I was playing basketball tonight. Ooh with my son just like in the driveway we we bought a house a few weeks ago so i definitely made sure before like furniture and stuff was even there that a basketball hoop needed to go into the driveway that makes sense um, so my, my future in-laws actually found one on like the facebook you know buy sell trade thing and surprised us with it so that was pretty sweet so that's we were, awesome yeah it really was yeah absolutely so we were just playing a horse in the yard or in the driveway I mean, and this was at like seven o'clock, and I mean, I was like soaking wet, sweat, just like standing and shooting. Like I didn't even, I didn't want to do anything else. I was shoveling three cubic yards of dirt into a wheelbarrow. Oh my gosh, that's sounds... uh, around that time. Wow, <laughs> you had to be very sweaty then. Yeah, I didn't get all three cubic yards into one wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, okay, so multiple loads, gotcha. and I only got about a yard of it done tonight. Gotcha. So gotcha. Guess what I'm doing tomorrow night? Yeah, more of that, and probably Thursday night too. Right. Well, what what if it rains? What happens to all? Is it just mud then that you're moving? Yes. Oh, gross. Yeah. I do have a big tarp that I'm going to put over it in oh, case it rains, okay. but hopefully I'll have it done before before then. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Well, well, let's think about um, more serene, calm boat riding thoughts. Um, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, have you ever been on a boat for something like this? I mean, for those of us. For those of you that are listening that maybe don't know exactly, and we'll get into a deeper synopsis, but in this episode, um, the entire Dunder Mifflin staff goes out on the lake on a booze cruise. It's the middle of January, a little chilly, but a booze cruise nonetheless. Have you ever been on something like that or a big corporate event? You know, I've, I've not personally been on like a booze cruise at the corporate event. Um, my wife and I, when we were on our honeymoon, um, did a uh, river, I guess it was a riverboat tour of Amsterdam, which was oh, awesome. Oh, wow. And they, you know, served us wine and and had some, like, little snacks and stuff. And we toured the the streets, I'm doing air quotes, of Mm -hmm. of Amsterdam Mm -hmm. uh, in this boat drinking wine. That was was really nice and relaxing. Actually worked out, too, because that night it was pouring rain. um, And so... (laughs) The boat we were in was covered, so it was a very relaxing evening um, and and very enjoyable. But I've not been on, like, a corporate booze cruise. How about you? No, I, I have not either. Um, I'll tell a quick story here in a second. But as we were, you know, just starting to hit record here, I thought of something when I was in high school 
I grew up in the Pittsburgh area and our prom was always on a boat on a river in downtown Pittsburgh. So obviously not a booze cruise because it's high school students, but it had the same sort of feel. And that doesn't stop some high school Yeah, kids. that's very true. Maybe a little pre-gaming involves some alcohol, but not on the boat itself. But it was funny. As I was watching the episode, I was thinking about, you know, that prom scenario because as most high schools, they have their prom in, you know, like a March or an April or something like that. Oftentimes, it's not very warm in Pittsburgh <laughs> to be on a boat in the way that those boats were built. The ones that, you know, would go on the rivers in Pittsburgh, they're meant for people to be like outside on the decks, not everybody cram- right. crammed inside. So it was usually the guys that got booted outside because the girls didn't want to be outside. So then, right. you know, it's like March and it's, you're on a river and it's super choppy and it's cold and you're just miserable. Um, so yeah, that was about the closest I've ever got to a booze cruise. But talking about corporate events, I mentioned in the last episode that I did accept a new job. I'm no longer an employee of higher education at the Ohio State University. I'm now on the the other side, the dark side, as some people have said, working for you know more of a corporate private entity. And I learned on my first week in the job that I get to go to a pretty swanky corporate event in January. Um, The entire company for the 10 year anniversary of the company is going to Cancun. So I I feel like it was, you know, a game show prices, right? Like, Hey, welcome, Randy. You went a trip to Cancun. Um, Sounds like you switched jobs at just the right time. I, I did. I did. So I'm really excited about that. I'm very curious to see what this event will be like. Um, as I said, I worked at you know higher education, the Ohio State University for many, many years and absolutely loved working there, but not quite the same type of opportunity that you would get at Ohio State, you know, in terms of a corporate event or something fun to look forward to. Yeah, there's there's a lot of differences between, you know, a job in higher ed or working for the state and working in, in the private sector mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you know, working for a company that is its own organization yeah. it doesn't answer to anybody but itself yeah so yeah 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 so th- so that could be everybody's hook to keep listening to this podcast in addition to this wonderful banter that bruce and i always do and talking about the office i can give you some weird mind-blowing fact that i learned about private business every episode because i'm learning every day what the differences are and it's quite striking well i think you need to reenact the jan photo I know, I know that was at Sandals Jamaica, but I think you, while there, you should reenact that Jan photo. <laughs> my, 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 my fiance and I, although she will be my wife by then, she will be, as of this recording, she will be my wife in about three weeks. So she'll definitely be my wife by, you know, six months from now. Yeah, that's true. It's exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Very exciting. Maybe the next time that we record, I will be married and you know, I can give everybody a, a recap, a synopsis of the wedding and any sort of strange things that went on. There's always something weird that happens at a wedding. So are you going to do like a, a dance into the altar to the black eyed peas? Yeah. And cut off your tie. I, I don't know if we'll do all that. Oh, I think I don't know. I don't know if she would be on board with me cutting my tie in half. She certainly wouldn't get the reference because she's not an office fan or just hasn't watched many of the episodes. <sighs> I know. I know it's sad. Should have been a deal breaker from the get go, but I'm going to work. Right? On, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that we just started watching the show this is us i know that has nothing to do with the office but that's like that's like you know i'm trying to get her to like binge watch something and she's like oh i've always wanted to watch that so we're about 10 episodes in i didn't watch the first season but i've been watching it 
pretty much from second season on with my wife, and it's a good show. We're hooked. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, a it, yeah, it's it, really well done. Yeah, yeah, it gives you all the feels that that show. Yes, all the feels. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. let's talk about season two, episode eleven. As we already said, it's called Booze Cruise. Uh, this episode was directed by Ken Quapis, written by Greg Daniels, Ricky Gervais, and Stephen Merchant. And the synopsis is uh, already been covered slightly by you, but uh, when Sorry. Michael needs help. <laughs> no problems. When Michael needs to help his staff with professional development, he organizes a secret but mandatory outing on a booze cruise. As Michael tries to take the lead and give a motivational speech throughout the evening, his plans keep getting hampered and he gets increasingly frustrated. And so we get to talk about Michael and taking the lead tonight. Uh, do you want to kick us off with a cold open? Oh, yeah. This is a classic, classic Jim prank on Dwight. We uh, we open up the episode in the cold open with Jim in the break room area, I guess it is, where the vending machines yeah. are. And he's just eating some chips. And we see you know Dwight come in. We see Pam in there as well. And inside the vending machine are all of Dwight's things from his desk. So you see his wallet, his pencil cup, you know, all the different things that were at his desk are now inside the vending machine and we see pam um instead of getting a bag of chips or some m&m she buys dwight's pencil cup and it's hers now because she bought it um which leads you know to dwight being very upset and jim ultimately giving him a bag of what appears to be nickels to try to get to try to get some of his stuff back i would have loved to kind of see him you know put in every single nickel to try to get something out or maybe have something get stuck as it tried to spin its way out but that is a very classic jim prank and one that i would i would love to try to like duplicate myself if i ever knew like a vending machine guy that'd be great to do to someone i i think you need to start making friends with the guy that does the vending machine at your office i do I do. I, I totally should. But again, hey, more more fun facts about working in a private thing. We don't have any vending machines. We just have like an entire kitchen full of stuff. And <laughs> I don't even I don't even know who stocks it. But every day there's like cookies and muffins and bags of chips and cookies and a full refrigerator. So I don't know who's bringing that in. But thank you to that anonymous person. When I worked in uh, video production, we often had a lot of food around as well. You know, people just bring stuff in. Yeah. And, and we did a uh, a workout video for this fitness instructor that uh-huh. wanted to do like a DVD back in the day and sell it. And every time she came in for the edit, she she was like, "There's there's more food." She's like, "If I worked here, I would I would gain like thirty yeah. pounds." But I yeah, have, that's just the way it is sometimes. I have certainly thought about that through only a couple of weeks at this job. I'm like, I gotta stop walking past that kitchen area because like there's just these big beautiful baskets full of like you know fun-sized bags of like m&ms and things like that i'm like this is gonna be terrible i gotta avoid this area and go around the other way or something well hey let's talk about the episode uh so we've already kind of given the synopsis and talked about the cold open and you know as as randy and i were talking about uh what we wanted to discuss from a professional standpoint on this this episode of lessons from the office um we wanted to talk about taking the lead and uh taking the lead is a competency taught by nace the national association of colleges and employers and this organization has identified competencies that help employees or future employees articulate skills and abilities that they have. And so taking the lead is often demonstrated by someone who um, is able to inspire others towards action or towards achieving a goal, Um, somebody that's able to organize and prioritize 
um, tasks and uh, achieve deadlines. Um, you can see this play out from somebody that's you know been a team captain in, in high school or college sports, or maybe coached a team, or you know been in charge of an organization with their church or other civic organization. And so uh, taking the lead is really about inspiring others. And so throughout this whole episode of The Office, Michael is constantly trying to inspire others because he sees himself as an inspirational figure. He, he even compares himself to Tony Robbins uh, at one point. Right. And, you know, he says, well, I attended a course. Well, I, I didn't I didn't actually take the course. Uh, they were trying to sell, sell the course to me. And so, yeah, let's talk about mm-hmm. taking the lead. Absolutely. You know, and this one, this one's interesting for me because oftentimes when we talk about these competencies and we talk about Michael, we usually talk about him completely like bumbling and fumbling his way through something and doing the exact opposite. This one, Bruce, you just explained what taking the lead is. Uh, Michael had really good intentions in this episode. I think it went a little bit off the rails for him, but I think his heart was absolutely in the right place, and he really had a lot of good intentions here. I thought from the beginning, he made it really fun when he had, what is it, like a riddle or something like that, when he sent everybody a note and said, you know, bring a, a swimsuit and a ski mask and a passport or like whatever this random, you know, thing, a random list of things to bring on the work retreat. And Stanley didn't know if it was an overnight. He was playing very coy with him. So I thought Michael was really trying to make what could have been something very mundane, you know, some sort of leadership training meeting. He was trying to make it pretty fun from the start. It's true. And as, and as we talk about taking the lead, I think it's important to identify that there are different types of leadership and, you know, if you Google types of yep. leadership, some some people are like, oh, there's five types. Others say there's 12. Some say there's six. Some say there's three. And so um, there are a lot of different types of leadership. Uh, and, you know, I think that it's important to understand that, that Michael has his own style of leadership. Saying that very mm-hmm. cautiously because yeah, I don't know yeah. if I would consider him an actual way leader. Uh, he is an Man, authority figure due to his title. There you go. But, uh, but, but yeah, so there's different types of leadership. And I, and I think we see this play out a little bit um, in his interactions with the captain of the ship, the actual captain of the ship. Uh, and and mm-hmm. we see the captain of the ship standing up, and this is he's played by Rob Riggle, a very young Rob Riggle, which is... No, very young. <laughs> um, yeah, but but he's played by Robert Riggle, and um, and the captain of the ship stands up, and he has to give these mandatory announcements, safety announcements, and such. And Michael keeps trying to interrupt him. And mm-hmm. in this case, I think a leader that is truly a leader can step back and say, "Oh, this is this person's time to shine. This is their area of expertise. I don't need to to say anything." Michael is so intent on being the center of attention, which is what he perceives as leadership. Uh, that he can't even let the ship's captain finish giving these mandatory announcements because he keeps interrupting him. You know, and it's and it's when you think about it, getting on the boat to begin with, we see that there are the entire staff. They have spouses with them. They have wives. They have girlfriends. So while this was a really good idea, I think at the beginning for Michael, I think a true leader maybe would have set some parameters, would have maybe had some guardrails set up to really allow him to do what was best for the entire staff. He had to get through this presentation you can see that the corporate representative i'm not exactly sure what she was brenda was her name 
was there on the boat and you know you could see she was having a drink she was having some fun but kept asking michael like when's the presentation going to start when are we going to get into this and you know at one point he says oh it started back in the office when we were talking about the analogies and things like that which kind of went off the rails for him pretty quickly but you know i think again a true leader would have identified goals that he wanted or she wanted to accomplish through that presentation and would have had more of a presentation set up i think all michael had was a fun analogy of the ship and he was the captain of the ship and there were different parts of the ship and who said the sails was like the people shoveling the coal into the engine or something <laughs> like that so he had some sort of like really abstract framework of what he wanted to talk about but you can tell not thought out no either. no not thought out at all and that's again where he got into trouble he had like that nugget or that kernel of a good idea but wasn't able to extrapolate it and actually make it a good professional experience for the staff members. And getting back to the ship's captain, uh, in the short time that he was interacting with the staff from the office, you can tell he quickly was able to identify the different individuals' personalities mm -hmm. and what they needed. So thinking in terms of Dwight, who feels the need to be in charge, and so he stuck him at the fake steering wheel right. in the front. Was that good leadership? Maybe not, but for somebody that's trying to get things done, it distracted somebody that was going to be a distraction otherwise. So, you know, it allowed other people to have fun. Uh, he realized quickly that uh, Michael needed to be the center of attention and was annoyed by it. Right. <laughs> and so he, he kind of egged him on a little bit. He, he realized that uh, Meredith was an affectionate woman. And, nice way to uh, put it. Nice way to put it. Yes. And he quickly realized who the party people were. So um, as he was trying to get the, the party going, like he was able to identify who was going to be mm -hmm. the party, uh, the party crew to get that, that energy up. One of the things that I thought was interesting is towards the beginning when Michael is interrupting the captain or the skipper, uh, he, he makes the comment, the, the skipper makes the comment, the captain makes the comment, uh, there are other people on this ship besides your employees, right. Michael. So thinking about Michael's leadership, uh, he didn't rent out the whole ship no. for what he assumed was going to be an opportunity for him to give a speech. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if he had cleared it with the ship company that he was going to be given a speech or not, or if he just assumed that he would be able to. That is a good question. I guess I never really thought about that. But you're probably you're probably right, though. He complains at the end about how it's, you know, it says they're corporate friendly or whatever he says. Um and so was the ship's company thinking in terms of like, oh, this is a good social mm -hmm. event for a corporation versus Michael thinking, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to speak and be seen as this cool, fun boss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you think about, again, the different leadership styles and what someone can do, you know, maybe a better use of company time, company policies, company finances would be to have that presentation at the office where you can really hammer through the principles and you know just whatever you wanted to talk about you know in terms of you know sales and you know the relationships within the office and leadership and then take everybody out on the booze cruise afterwards where they can have more of a social interaction a social outing instead of trying to for lack of a better term hijack the ship and have this presentation when there are so many other right. people there right let's talk about the uh the dance competition Ooh. so Michael is trying to give his speech, and uh, the captain comes out and says it's time for this dance mm -hmm, competition. Mm -hmm. Michael's reaction, kind of a, as we were talking about earlier, uh, 
while wrong and misguided, is not necessarily entirely bad. And he tries to use the situation to capture people's attention. So he says, sometimes you have to take a break from being the type of boss that's always trying to teach people things. Sometimes you just have to be the boss of dancing. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to engage his employees uh, in spite of the circumstances. And so he starts dancing pretty crazy. From a leadership perspective, Randy, how does uh, leaning into something like that and kind of making a fool of yourself uh, with your dancing style, although I bet Michael didn't realize he was making a fool of himself. I bet he thought it looked pretty cool. Mm -hmm. How can that actually help your credibility with your employees? You know, what I think it shows is that he's willing to do whatever it takes um, to be the center of attention and to have people look at him. Now, I know that sounds kind of bad, but I think he's willing to do that and kind of have that goofy spotlight on himself so that people will be able to engage with him and think of him not only as a leader and as a boss, but somebody who is able to really do whatever it takes to, you know, get the attention of his employees and to get them to, you know, maybe relax a little bit and like ease into learning something, which is a tough thing I think for leaders to do. I've certainly been in the, in the situation where I'm in a training or I'm trying to teach people something and you know that they just don't really want to be there. You know that they don't really want to, you know, have to sit through another presentation or another, you know, whatever the case may be, another speech, another training, but he's trying to do all he can to make it a little bit fun, make it a little bit goofy while still applying some sort of point to it, as you were just saying. So while on this booze cruise, uh, Roy gets drunk and starts talking to the ship's captain. Again, we've we've kind of held the ship's mm. captain up as as a much better leader than Michael. Maybe not a great leader, but a much better leader than Michael. Right. Um, and the ship's captain inspires Roy to actually set a wedding date mm-hmm. um, for, for him and Pam. Yeah. And so this obviously uh, sends Jim on a little bit of a spiral. Yeah. And Jim, you know, Jim's frustrated and he walks out. And uh, due to his shenanigans... Michael has been zip-tied to the railing of the boat, uh, so he can't cause any more problems. So Michael uh, is is outside, and when Jim walks out, feeling you know at a loss for what to do next, Michael's there. And in this situation, Michael accidentally, very accidentally, actually does provide pretty good re- leadership to Jim in his life situation, not his work situation, but in his life situation. And he mm. gives gives some good advice to Jim. Um, let's talk about how uh, a good work leader can sometimes be a good leader for people in their personal lives. That's a great observation, actually. And, and let's not just gloss over why he was zip-tied to the front of the ship or to the rail of the ship. It's because he incited panic and said that the boat was sinking and somebody actually jumped off of this side thinking that Michael, this was not a Dunder Mifflin employee, but some random person who was just on the boat jumped off of the boat thinking that Michael was telling the truth and the boat really was sinking. So I just didn't want to gloss over that in case anybody hasn't seen this episode yet. He definitely... Spoilers. Yeah, sorry, but he incited panic on the boat which was pretty hilarious and you could see as he was doing that all of the dunder mifflin employees understood what he was doing and they were like no 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 like this guy's just an idiot don't listen to him and everybody else is like running around and like looking for life jackets and the the boats that inflate like the the titanic was going down or something like that which is pretty funny but like you said um he does in the midst of all of this talk with jim and give him some pretty good advice and, and you're right you you really are right there, Bruce. You know he was able to give some pretty good advice to Jim, and this wasn't work 
advice, but this was life advice. This was advice about his relationship with Pam and how even though she is engaged, he says engaged ain't married. So, you know, not to kind of give up on that. And, you know, the the point that I think you were trying to make here, Bruce, is that when you have someone in that leadership role, I think the line can be kind of blurred in a good way where the professional and the personal can blur a little bit. If you think about anybody, anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you have a job, you're at that job 40 hours a week, maybe 50 hours a week, maybe 60 hours a week, whatever the case may be, you're spending more time with those people likely than you are at home, at least in your waking hours with your significant other, your family, whatever the case may be. So there have been times in my life where I've had things going on where there's no way to avoid having those things sort of, you know, bleed into your work life. You know, there may be a situation Mm -hmm. going on at home where you just need to tell your supervisor at work about it because it's something, you know, maybe you have a, a family member that's sick. Maybe you have a relationship issue, you know, whatever it is, you have a personal issue. And because the way that that interacts with your work life, it has to be brought up at work. And there have been times where I've had supervisors that have been there for me when I really needed them on a personal level. And they've given me advice or they've listened to me. They've been there for me. They, they've they right. you know done whatever it takes. And we see that in this instance where Michael really... You know, we're you know almost two seasons through this. We haven't seen this side of Michael very often. I think we see it a little bit more moving forward, but we haven't seen this very often where he sort of lets down that facade of being you know the goofy, you know attention seeking, spotlight seeking person, and he gives a, a a really good glimpse into just his raw human emotional side. Yeah, I would say the one time that I can recall that we've seen it before was in the episode The Client, uh, mm-hmm. where he actually, yep. you yep. can see relationally, uh, when he's not <laughs> when he's not trying to be in a romantic relationship with someone, or what he perceives as a romantic relationship with a woman, right. when he's just interacting with somebody as a friend, um, and truly lets his guard down and isn't trying to impress them, you can see that he actually can shine in those relational um, moments and so like the episode the client where he where he convinces tim meadows uh character to actually buy from dunder mifflin and saves the scranton branch of dunder mifflin um and and it's because of that relational aspect where he was able to take the lead from jan and and build that relationship and in the same way you're kind of seeing him in just a brief moment here with jim take the lead and inspire him and inspire him to keep pursuing Pam and it's funny because you see this play out again in season four uh, episode 13 it's called job fair and Jim is golfing with a potential client and in booze cruise Michael says to Jim never give up never quit you know there's there's no you know she's not married yet basically Mm -hmm. and in that episode job fair season four, episode 13, when Jim is golfing with the client and the client keeps saying no, Jim just won't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he learned it from Michael, but it is interesting to see Michael's advice come back uh, into Jim's, you know, career path later on down the the line. Even though it wasn't career-related advice, it's applicable to his career. So sometimes that, you know, there's, there's some carryover advice or some crossover advice, or as we call it in the career services industry, transferable skills. Very transferable. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and 
what what's interesting about the interaction on the boat deck is that you know it's for the most part relationship advice that michael is giving to jim and we've seen through so far these episodes that we have reviewed michael doesn't have a great track record in relationships he has a very on again off again on again off again strange relationship with jan we haven't seen anyone else pop up. He talks about, you know, maybe having a girlfriend to date, you know, but I, who knows if that's imaginary or not. Michael would be about the last person I would think somebody would want to go to for relationship advice, but he really does give some pretty sage advice at this point. Yeah. And as I said, I think he accidentally gave it. Yeah. Yeah. Stumbled into it <laughs> but, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's wrap up and uh, give some fun facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, fun fact is Lake Wallen Paw Pack. Oh, I got it right. I said that wrong. Yeah. I, I was close. Uh, is typically frozen over completely in January. Oh, wow. And all, they do have a requirement that all boats must be removed from the lake by October. So, this episode Whoa. could not have happened. No. Huh. Very interesting. I wonder right. if the, I wonder if the good people of Lake Wallenpalm Pack got really mad about this, and then you know they were wondering if people were going to flock to their lake for booze cruises in in January or whatever the case may be. Yeah, maybe. Uh, another fun fact is Captain Jack, as we've already extensively covered, played by Rob Riggle, uh, claims to have been a captain of a U.S. Navy PC-1 Cyclone-class patrol ship during Operation Desert Storm, and he was, in real life, a Marine. Really? And, uh, yes, served overseas. So wow. let me double-check now that I'm saying that. I'm like, wait a second. Thank you for your service, Rob Riggle. Yeah, he was a uh, United States Marine officer. Wow. He intended to become a naval aviator, but left flight school to pursue his comedy career. That's really cool, actually. Wow. Excellent. Thank you for your service, Rob Riggle. The more you know. The more you know. We need the the rainbow thing. Apparently, he was uh, Marine Corps Reserves for 23 years. He just, uh, not just, he retired in 2013. Okay. Nice. So. So, Bruce, as we wrap up, I always like to ask you, where can people hear this podcast at? You know, people can hear, the po- hear this podcast on uh, any mobile device that they have in their pocket. Nice. Yeah, as we covered last time, uh, if you're listening to us, you probably are yeah, listening to us. I so know. we'd encourage you to subscribe. There you go. Yeah, so you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Podcasts mm-hmm. and Spotify. And if you want to just listen to us, we are on anchor.fm slash lessons from the office. And we also have a Facebook page that is active, but there's like two fans. So, and oh. one of them is, a, is our former guest. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we can get one or two more fans by the next time you're hearing us, then we'll say we've had a 100% increase and that would be amazing. And we could just keep trying to shoot for that. You know what? If, if we get, uh, any new fans on our Facebook page, we'll do a blind drawing of anybody that likes our page, and the prize for the drawing will be 100% of the sponsor dollars for our next what? podcast episode. I don't know, man. I don't know if we could afford that. Can we afford that? I mean, since you are sponsoring me $5, I think I just committed you to a $5 payment to whomever we draw from a hat. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'm just kidding. You're not really a sponsor. To be clear, we don't have any sponsors, so this is a passion project for us. It is. We do do encourage you to follow us, though, Mm -hmm. and uh, 
subscribe and and uh yeah we hope to connect with more people that are fans of the office absolutely and we'll keep doing this as long as somebody's listening and then if people aren't listening we'll just keep doing it anyways i don't we know we really don't care but we enjoy doing it um and we love talking about the office and we love trying to help people so that's the whole point of this and if you take anything away from any of these episodes that makes us really excited and happy and we hope that it just helps you with your own career development and with that we will wrap up and say that we cannot wait to connect again next time on lessons from the office Ba da 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 ba da